Right, good evening everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Crystal Palace Women's Show brought to you by Eagle Eye View. Myself, Mike, and at last my co-host Phil. Uh <laughs> been sitting here waiting for for a couple of minutes. Phil, you yeah. me wrong? Can you hear me? Yes. Can, yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. My just my phone it was just spinning and spinning in, in Twitter spaces. Um, I don't know what it was doing, but anyway, I came out of it's not even called Twitter anymore, is it? What do we call it? X Spaces or something. I mean, I came out, whatever it's, yeah, whatever it's called, I came out of it and went back in and I managed to get here in the end. Apologies for the delay. I hope, uh, I hope it didn't cause you too much uh, uh, concern and uh, you were probably wondering where I was, weren't you? So, yeah, sorry about that. That's right. I was thinking, oh, no, no, the last thing anyone needs is another solo one from me. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could come up with enough for an hour and a half, Mike. You know. Oh Jesus, blimey! Probably <laughs> um, no one listening. About ten minutes, uh, and it's still it's still Twitter for me because it turns out if you never update it, it stayed as Twitter. So, oh. so yeah, old school. You know, I live on the edge. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh, the unupda- un- not updating apps edge. It's a crazy life. Um, right. So we are back. Obviously, uh, we weren't around last week. Um, we've we just had scheduling issues, um, and to us, when it's an international break anyway, you kind of you've only got one game to review enough to preview, then vice versa the following week. So it's worked out better. So we have a more full show this week. Um, so of course tonight we've got the the Blackburn Rovers game to to review. Uh, if we can remember back that far, which as we get older gets harder. Uh, <laughs> um, I won't lie, I had to actually uh, watch rewatch the, the the highlights. Which is only really many of the goals we've for you from the FA player, just to refresh my memory. Um, but yes, we'll be talking about the Blackburn game tonight, and we will also be looking ahead to Sunday's crucial clash with uh, fellow promotion chasers Birmingham as they come to uh, the VBS, uh, or I think apparently the B at the moment stands for Bog, um, <laughs> the very very boggy stadium. Um, maybe that's the uh, that's. That's what the initials are for. Um, but yeah, so they'll, they'll be there. So we're talking about that game on Sunday. Um, and in between, a couple of other things, if I remember them, that I was just going to bring up. There's a couple of conversation pieces I've, I've picked up from um, on here. Uh, one of them from the Lasses podcast, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So if I remember them, I'll, say, I'll, I'll bring them up during the, uh, the, the, the half-time interval, as it were. Um, Excellent. To, uh, to, to get to get a viewpoint, really. Um, right, so we're in, we're up and going. Uh, are you uh, good for us to crack on, Phil? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to this one. There's a bit of news, isn't there, with things going on. You'll talk about it, no doubt. I don't want to jump jump in too early as I normally do, Mike. But yeah, we've got a new academy person, haven't we? So yeah, we'll talk about all that at half time, shall we? It's kind of handy you did mention it because I wasn't sure what you were talking about. <laughs> oh, so, was that not that was that not one of the things you were going to mention? No, no, no. This was um, I don't know, that's, that, that's a more <laughs> that's a more on point topic, really. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Well, um, no, no. This was just general women's football related stuff, really. Um, oh. But no, that is a that's a key point. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, and then ironically, without saying it, then said it. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, we'll have that to discuss as well. Um, obviously, there's some announcements today with uh, games moving as well. Uh, yeah. So uh, yes, so right as always, though, first of all, we will be looking back at 
uh, two weekends ago now. So it's been the international break for the, the friendlies. I know there's been the Nations League, which ended for me when England got knocked out. Um, but other than that, it's been friendlies, isn't it? Which, I mean, has anyone really been bothered? <laughs> I'm really honest with you. Uh, no one's been at the games, have they? So I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't even watch the second one. But was it also in an empty stadium? I mean, I, I don't know. It wasn't on TV anywhere. I don't think. So. I don't know what was going on. But um, I know I can understand warm weather training and everything. But you know, is it, it, football's all about uh, allowing the the supporters to get to watch and be there and be part of it? You know. Uh, especially the lionesses, because of course, you know they've a lot of those support. You mentioned it, and you're absolutely right. It's almost like they've got their own fan club. They don't even go and watch anyone else apart from the lionesses, and um, it, it's almost like you just think, why, you know, why would you not want to make it easy for those people to go and watch you? And but anyway, I can understand the warm weather training, but the game should not have been held in the in south of Spain, um, to be honest, in a little stadium with hardly anyone there. But that's just my view. But yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I think since we went out of the Nations League and we didn't qualify at the Olympics, it's all been a bit deflated with the Lionesses a bit for me, you know? Yeah, I always find generally when my team goes out of anything, that's normally the end of that competition. Um, <laughs> but I think the thing as well is it's been really nervy because obviously Hughesy was playing for Wales, um, Isley and Abby were caught up for Ireland. So then you think, you know, oh God, please don't get any injuries. Um, so it's just been really an unnecessary two weeks, to be honest with you. Um, but hey ho. So yes, so uh, two weekends ago, uh, or weekend, weekend and a half ago, um, there was only four games in the championship uh, because two were postponed. The Sheffield United Watford game uh, that was postponed due to Sheffield United's men's fixture being moved to the Sunday, and then. Uh, Charlton Reading was ringed off um, that, that fell to the wayside in, in the morning. So, only the four games. Uh, so, go to the... Uh, obviously, we go to the full classified check, as always. Um, so, the Barclays Women's Championship. Sunderland 4, Lewis 3. London City 2... Durham, two. Birmingham City, one. Southampton, two. Crystal Palace, four. Blackburn, nil. So those were the results. Um, so what does that mean for the league table? Well, this is how the table is at now. Um, getting a bit more mishmash with, with how many fixtures people have got. So Sunderland's are top after their win. Uh, 31 points from 16 games. We're now second, uh, 30 points from 15 games. A whopping goal difference of 26. It's incredible. Uh, Southampton moves up to third. We're also 30 points from 16 games. Then Charlton, without because they're not playing, they slip down to fourth. 30 points from 15 games. Then you've got Birmingham. They're in fifth. 26 points from 15 games. Uh, Dirty Durham, thick, 19 points from 16 games. Blackburn, they dropped down to 7th, 18 points from 14 games. Then the disgraceful Sheffield United, they are 8th, 17 points from 14 games. Reading are uh, 9th, 15 points from 13 games. London City, I mean, for a while they were in a relegation zone, but they are still 10th. 
13 points from 16 games. You've got Watford, who were probably the biggest benefactors from the weekend, who didn't play. Uh, they're on uh, their 11th, 12 points from 15 games. And Lewis are rock bottom with 10 points from 15 games. Um, and as I say, obviously, with Charlton not playing, it, it gave you other opportunities. And, and for a while, we were, we were standing there before our kickoff. And Lewis was 3 2 up away to Sunderland, going into, having just gone into injury time. And we're thinking, well, if we win, we're going to be top of the table. And London City were about to be in the bottom two. And then Sunderland scored twice in injury time, in the space of a minute. And all of a sudden, in the end, it, it, that wasn't the case. Um, the table was. I mean, it's so close up at the top. The uh, I mean, three of us are on 30 points. And two of us have got a game in hand over the other. Um, it's still in our hands. Only one point off the top with the game in hand. And it's really down the bottom. I mean, Lewis, I mean, I, I think it's five games in a row now where they've been winning till late on and have dropped points. I think this is the first time they've possibly gone on to lose. Um, but, I mean, they, they could be, you know, when you look at the table, they could probably be nearly seven points clear of relegation. And it said they're rock bottom and free adrift having with a game in hand. Um, but it's it's just unbelievable there. They just, just seem to be, you know, they're putting up the fight and then just don't have what they need to, to get it over the line week after week. It's, it must be soul-destroying, you know, because especially if you, when you go away from home and score three goals to one of the top teams as well, and you... You know, and you and you're just literally minutes away from winning. And even then, you think, well, at least we've got a draw, you know. <laughs> and then you don't even get that. I mean, it must be. I mean, that journey back from Sunderland must have been the longest ever. I think. I mean, it, sometimes there's just signs. I always think there's signs when teams when it's just not going to be your, yeah, your year. You're going to get. You're going to go down, and 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 it just looks like it, doesn't it? I just can't see any way, really. I mean, they've had that, all those opportunities. Um, and, uh, and he, you know, and he, even if you look at the other teams, like, you know, when you, do you remember when London City were 3-0 down at Watford? Um, and then they still came back to get a 3 all draw. See, that one point and stopping Watford getting three, an extra two points, on top of all the Lewis, you know, there's just things that happen in a season that I just think, you know, London City are going to stay up by one point or something stupid, and it'll all go back to all those little things, and you think, what, is, you know... The opportunities that Lewis especially have had to take up take three points this season has been incredible. But the one thing I'd say that, you know, is in their favour, and obviously there's only seven games left now for most teams, but I mean the one thing in their favour is that they're not getting thrashed. They're in they're in all the games. I don't know what it is about losing so many late goals. I mean, it's happened so. I think it is five in a row. I think you're right. And I, I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, you you could argue it's fitness, but I don't know. I mean, Lewis are pretty much almost full time. I mean, they've got people that work at the club as well as play for them to make them sort of almost full time. So I don't know if it's fitness, but I, I just think, you know, can you imagine it? for the rest of the season now, if they're winning with five minutes to go, they'd just be thinking it, you know, <laughs> I mean, it must make them more nervous defending because it just happens so often. It's almost like inevitable, isn't it? That they're going to concede late. Um, the one thing is though, that they are in games and they are scoring goals that gives them half a chance. Um, but it's just, I think the last game of the season at the end, at the bottom of the table, like there's enough going on on that 28th of April is going to be mental because obviously we've got four of the top five playing each other. 
um, you know, to, uh, and then at the bottom, I think it's London City against Lewis on the last day. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? It's just like going to be. It's, I mean, it's like it's like one of those seasons when you wish every game was like you, you could you, you could have cameras like whizzing around all the games, like they do a match of the day on the last day of the season when they summarise the, the season by going off to Craven Cottage and then. For te- you know, and then after 10 minutes, like Fulham score, and then someone at Man United then score, and you're just whizzing around the ground, and they put it into this, and it's like, a, it's just like, you know, it's box office, isn't it? It's just like amazing, all these, all the table changing as the as the day goes on. It's almost like you want that to happen, really, with like live coverage that, I mean, if if, if the FA player got their act together, they, they could make that last day a TV bonanza, you know, and it would just be like incredible if they could manage to get all the all the you know go and get all the updates um and goals as they go in i mean it'll just because i can see that table moving at both ends of the t- both ends um on that last day but it's just I mean, but you're right i mean look oh, lewis i mean what is going on so many late goals and to even have a free to to go i mean it was 92nd in the 97th minute i think i mean good great i think i think it was i swear it was i think it's 96th for 97th i oh, was it that late that's even worse. <laughs> That's even worse. I, like I mean, is, I'm going to check it now. I swear it's about a minute between. It's just incredible, isn't it? Yeah, 95th and 97th. Oh, my God. I mean, can you imagine that? It's just, it must, I mean, they must just be thinking, what do they have to do, really? But it's but... psychological by now, isn't it? Fight, when it's five yeah. games in a row, you, you do, don't you? That, that panic sets in. You can be in complete control. And then yeah. that panic sets in towards you. Because I don't think anyone else has put three past Sunderland this season. No, um, yeah, you know, they just don't really concede goals. Um, no, so to do no. that, and then still end up losing. You know, and you know, in injury time when you're winning, um, takes you back to the Swansea away. Um, but the, yeah, it's just. Do you know? What I think the thing is as well is I, I think their next two games are absolute key for them because after that they're running stinks. Oh um, God, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, the good thing is as well is that. That because there is a battle at the bottom of the table, even if even if the teams around us are playing, you know, the Watford and Lewis and London City line, it's even Reading, I suppose. They're all fighting for it, so it's not like you know, you know, you know, you know. Sometimes when you do, you remember we played a game at the end of the season. I think it, it was it, it. It could have been against Lewis actually. Beat them about four. four yeah, four, we beat about the four. Beach, yeah. They're on the beach. But at least this season, just about everyone, apart from sort of that middle section, is three teams in the middle, Blackburn, Sheffield United, probably um, one other. But um, Durham. everyone, uh, Durham, yeah. And everyone else has got something to play for, really. And, they, and hopefully that will be right till the end of the season. So that will make all the games. And there, there won't be any of those easy walkovers where the players are on the beach because they're all fighting for things. So I think that will help, actually. And I think there will be some shocks. I mean, we saw it last week, didn't we, with Watford beating Birmingham. I mean, who would have thought, you know? But I think... Um, and then obviously Birmingham losing again. That's two in a row, isn't it? So uh, to, to Southampton. I, do, I just think that um, there's going to be a lot of topsy-turvy. And it'll be really interesting. Um, but a lot of the teams... I mean, we've only got to play two of the top five. Um, I think most of the others might have to play at least three of it, you know, so they're going to be taking points off each other, really. So we just got to keep winning. I think realistically, I mean, I know Ron is listening in. I mean, he he said to me that 
we probably only need to win five, really, realistically. I mean, I'm assuming that would include probably the two teams around us, Sunderland They'd and Burnley. You're only going to win five. You'd have to include those. Yeah, two. because if we, if, because if they're then dropping three points, everyone else is going to probably drop points. That might be enough, but I would imagine that if we win five and draw one, I think that with our goal difference, I think that would be enough. So we could probably afford to lose one game, but it can't be against Birmingham or Sunderland. That could be too much because it'll give they'll give them a three point advantage over us. But um You've got a factor in Charlton have only lost one game all season. I know to what I still yeah. can't believe that. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's it's gonna it's gonna be tight. It's gonna it's be gonna really be tight. tight. Yeah. Just one little stat yeah. I, wanted, I like just wanted to point out, I did tweet about it, but it's incredible. It's just an incredible stat. And that is obviously our goal difference is plus twenty six. Now Southampton are the only team who have scored more goals than what our goal difference is. Yeah. The Phantom has got 28 goals this season. Our goal difference is plus 26. Everyone <sighs> else has scored less goals than what our goal difference is. It's insane. <laughs> That's yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah. We've just looked so good going forward, haven't we? And um, set pieces have been amazing this season as well. You know, we scored a lot of goals from set pieces. We look so dangerous, don't we, putting that ball in at the near, right under the crossbar at the near post, you know, and, and then and we mix it up a bit and we go long sometimes to the back post. And yeah, we look really dangerous on set pieces. So that's made a big difference. But our general play, you know, we've got a team full of full of goal scorers, really, haven't we? When you think of Annabelle and, and uh, even Molly's got a few, isn't she? I mean, you know, she's created quite a few and got on the end of, got on the end of things as well so yeah I mean when you've got Hughesy up there scoring so many goals and then Annabelle's uh, you know chipping in with eight as well behind you know then you, you're already starting to look in you, you're looking at over 20 goals just from two players really so it's Hughes just um, around now two games Stella Stella she's past it yeah yeah get rid of her get out <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right well yeah <laughs> So, the game itself, uh, obviously, we took on Blackburn. Um, I was so close to my prediction on this. Um, so, our, our lineup for that day. So, we had uh, Demi Lamborn in goal. Rhea Percival was at right-back. Fliss at left-back with Amy and Haley as their centre-backs. Then the midfield, Lexi Potter came back in, having not been able to play against Chelsea. Uh, with Sinead Hopcroft and Annabelle in front of her. And then up top... We had Moles on the right, Izzy Atkinson on the left, and Husey down the centre. Um, and then the final win, and the goals came from um, Izzy, Sinead, Annabelle, and a first for Chloe Arthur as well, um, who came on the second half. So, uh, big result. Um, important result. We, we said it before the game that Sometimes the you can get the hangover when you've played the big games. We had Chelsea the week before, and the performance we put in. Sometimes teams find it hard to to lift themselves for the next game. So there's always that. And plus, we, we said we weren't sure what we're going to get with Blackburn because the Blackburn we played away, Ewood Park was um, wasn't, didn't they didn't play very well. But the Blackburn that played us in the FA Cup should have beaten us uh, at home. So we were curious as to as to what we were going to get and how it go. Um, but field as always, I'll hand over to yourself uh, for what you can remember from the game. Uh, yeah, you'll just your perspective on the game. 
Well, the main thing I remember was a 20-minute spell for Molly when she was just like ripping them apart on the right-hand side. And um, it was exceptional, really. I mean, she was just on fire and, and they didn't know what to do. Um, and so that was the main thing that I remember, because obviously it's over a week ago and my memory, like yours, like you mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm older than you, so I've got even more of an excuse to not remember. But I just remember Molly like being, I think that was the, that spell that they just didn't know how to handle her. She was strong. She was never stopped, you know, she was closing down that left back and putting them under pressure all the time. And they just couldn't get out really on that side. Um, and then the quality of her balls in the box were so dangerous as well. So I just thought Molly was outstanding for that 20-minute spell. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to remember the very beginning of the game, but I know that once we got a grip of it, and obviously Molly put the ball in, I think it was for Annabelle's header. Um, I think, um, I can't remember what happened much before that, apart from Molly sort of still creating quite a few chances. But I've got a feeling, if I remember co correctly, that for the first 10 minutes, they, they looked quite decent. And then we sort of got a grip of the game and that was the end of the, the end of it really and and the one thing i would say is that when you know when we play like that and we especially when we go one or two up and we get well, i know we are one nil up at half time but when we go one nil up we've and that we've got that little bit of extra confidence with that you know at the buffer of a goal we do look such a good team i mean we do look we create so much and it's not surprising we've scored that many goals when we've got a plus 26 goal difference because we're just like, we are a very, very good team. I mean, when you think that we've got players like Sean, who's captained England under-21s twice this year, this season, can't even get on the pitch, you know, didn't even come on as a sub. I mean, that goes to show the strength that we've got in that squad. I mean, it's it's by far and away the best all-round squad that we've ever had, you know, by a long way as well, not just... Um, you know, you can go back over. I mean, obviously we've got we've improved. I think every season that we've that, that, since we got promoted to the championship, but this this is this is different level stuff now. You know, um, we've got um, some exceptional players who are playing at the top of their game with confidence. So I think a lot of credit goes down to the coaching staff as well and the way the clubs run now. I think it's very professional. Everyone knows their job. You know, everyone's confident. I should think the preparation is quite good for the games. So I think all of that, when you look at it, you know, it makes us, we are a very, very good team, you know. And I don't think anyone would have been surprised. You know, two years ago, if we'd beaten anyone 4-0, they'd be, well, God, Palace, that was a good result for them, you know. But now, you know, 4-0 at Palace against Blackburn, it's like expected almost because we are, everyone realises what a good team we are now. So, I mean, that's brilliant. That's brilliant for the for the for the club and and and, and for the confidence of the players. It's incredible. I mean, the goals themselves. I mean, um, Annabelle's just. I mean, she doesn't score many with her head, really. But you know, she she always finds that little pocket, doesn't she? Um, she's good at finding space in the box. Um, most of the top, most of her plays, obviously outside creating, but she's good at she's good at making those runs and. Um, Scored no, she scored two headers, I think, this season. If, I, if my memory serves me right now, so that's not bad, is it? Um, for somebody who's not renowned for that, so that was a brilliant cross from Molly. And then Annabelle just sort of found that little gap in the in between the two center halves and headed it into the into the bottom corner. That, um, you know, that gave us that little bit of um, uh, of a buffer which we needed because. You don't know. I mean, I'm sure they would have learned a lot from the cup game against Blackburn because they did put, I mean, that game easy. We could have easily have lost that. If that you know, if that penalty had gone in, I think we probably would have lost it. So I think we I think we realised it was going to be a tough game. And I think it looked like to me that we really prepared well for it. Um, but I also think, you know, the additions in January, you know, when you add in 
um, Izzy Atkinson, I think she's given us another dimension on the left because she's she's a very, very good player, you know. And I watched her play for Ireland the other night as well. Um, and she looked very, very good um, in that game. And then Abby Larkin came on as well just after Izzy went off. Uh, uh, but with the top, Izzy's 60 minutes for Ireland were very, very good. Um, so um, that was against Italy, I think. I didn't watch the game when they played Wales. But um, so she's a really good player. You know, she started for Ireland, you know, um, and um, which is, in, you know, they're a decent team. That, I, that, I mean, they did really well in the World Cup. They're a good team. For her to be in the starting eleven, you know, when you've got your Katie McCabe's and players like that, that's, that shows how good she is. So I think getting someone like Izzy in January gave us that little bit of a boost as well, which I think helps not just for the games, but in training, you know. It, lev- it ups the level in training when you've got someone coming in at that level. You know, it gives everyone a little bit of a boost. And also it means players have got to really show what they can do to get in the team because there's another more competition, especially on that left hand side. So I think when you look at all the signings and everything and the way the clubs run now, it's just like everything's just going so well. Um, The second half was just like, well, you know, some of our play again, I thought was very, very good. Um, I remember, um, I think it was this. The, the second goal, Chloe got the third and Sinead got the fourth. So the second goal was a bit of a goal mouse scramble from a corner, I think. Another set play when I think Izzy just got on the end of uh, the ball was sort of bouncing around a bit, I, I think, if I remember correctly. And Izzy just sort of got on the end of it and, and scored her second goal for us after she scored the goal at Southampton. Um, and then um, Chloe um, got on the end of um, a shot, I think, from Husey parried out and then Chloe just buried it and then the fourth goal was a really good breakaway because I remember Husey showing where's his pace come from from Husey she sort of headed the ball onto herself and then raced after it and I thought blimey um and um because I mean she's a fantastic player Husey but I wouldn't say she's the quickest player um but she knocked it on and then knocked it through for I think it was Araya who ran through and just looked up and put it across for Sinead to just smash it in. And that was like in added time. And, we, you know, we were 3-0 up and you've got Sinead who's not stopped running for the whole game in midfield, bombing into the box in the 94th minute. I mean, what is that? I mean, how brilliant is that? You know, she could have just taken it easy for the last 10 minutes and stood on the edge of the box. But no, she's busting her gut to get on the end of that. That's the desire that we've got this season. That we, I don't think we've always had that. I don't think we've always had it. And I think a lot of it is probably down to fitness and good training and everything and being full time, you know, because, you you know, to to, to make that run, in, in, you know, it's literally a tap in from about three yards. So you've got to make all that, all that, all that space up, you know, in, to run in to get that on the end of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was just buzzing coming our way from the game, really. We just look so good, don't we, at times? I mean, I think the back four now is just so settled. I really like Rhea. I think she's a fantastic player at right back. Um, I thought she played well at left back at Chelsea as well. Um, so she's pretty versatile as well. She could fit fill in anywhere probably along that back line with her experience. Um, I just think we look very, very good. Um, there were a few moments, if I remember correctly, where Demi sort of, after having such a brilliant game at Chelsea, there was a few hairy moments with Demi, and I think, what's she doing? <laughs> what's she trying to do? She's like trying to, I don't know what she did, but she did something where she gave the ball away on the edge of the box, and then another time she tried to like sidestep a forward. If she got that wrong, that would have been an open goal. And I'm thinking, oh my God, 
Um, I don't know if you remember that, but I, I, I just remember from the time thinking, what is Demi doing? <laughs> I just don't do, make any mistakes and just keep it simple. But uh, but other than that, I thought we, yeah, we, you know, we just look, we just look a very, very good team, uh, very, you know, well organised. Um, it's just great, isn't it? I mean, you know, if we can just continue to get to keep playing that way, I think. Well, I don't think we matched the performance in the first half at Southampton last against Blackburn, but we didn't have to. We weren't playing the same calibre of opposition. That first half at Southampton was as good as we've seen anyone probably in a, in a you know Palace women's team play for probably ever. To be honest, I mean it was that good. We just played really well, but I don't think we we hit those heights, but we didn't have to. And I'm sure, you know, we've always got, if we needed to, we've always got an extra gear that we can go into, you know, because we've just got the players that can just, you know, create stuff and do stuff on the day. So, but yeah, really, really pleased. And um, it, it had the um, feeling of being a potential banana skin because of the, what we saw in the cup. But actually, we were so superior. I mean... By the set, by the last twenty minutes, it was just they were they were they, you know the difference was huge between the two teams really. I mean, obviously goals gives confidence and knocks the other team's confidence, but we were just fantastic and we just looked like a very 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 good team. Um, just a shame we'd lost those two games to Charlton really because there's no way they're better than us. I don't think I really don't. Um, I just think those two we just couldn't. I think we didn't click really in those games, but and they defended well. But other than that, I think I think I I I personally think we might be we're the best team in the league. So um, yeah, it was it, you know it was it was good. What did you make of it? Did, did, does that summary sound right to you? I'm not thinking of another game when Demi with Demi am I? Where she was because I, I it's such a long time ago to me now that I can't remember. Everything. No, she did. She she started. I think is at the beginning. It was just a bit um, erratic. Yes, a couple of decisions because one of them was the ball crossed in and I think in all fairness I think it dropped further out than she was expecting it to because I was I remember watching it and I thought it was going to like the back post and it dropped a lot further out and she ended up coming out scrambling to it and taking out Fliss. Just a couple yeah. of moments. It's just a, yeah a couple of things where it's just um we created our own problems. Because obviously Black Blackburn switched us around annoyingly so then we, we we shot towards us for the first half. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, Backbone started decently, but then they didn't really do much with it. Um, and then, but as you say, Moles, that first 20 minutes was like prime Lewis Figo. Do you know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just unbelievable. You're like, who's this player? Because, you know, we don't, you know, Moles always works the socks off for you, but she was. I've never seen them do so much where she just gets the ball and she's like ripping through three players and putting in crosses like you know they just couldn't get anywhere near her and it was it was incredible and it was that that got us the first goal because it was her cross in and Annabelle was in acres of space in the middle of the box and it's one nil um, and we had the other chances in, in that first half the frustration was is Again, the same thing like when we we're up at Ewood Park. We, you know, we we should have been at least three and a half a half time up there, and and arguably we probably had less clear cut chances than we did at Ewood, but we had we had the chances. We had so much dominance from that majority of that half that we should have been two or three ahead again. Um, yeah. You know, and the the worry was this season our problem has been oh, other than Charlton. And they're, they're, they're well, the second game, they're cheating ways. But 
the our problem has been we've dropped points, or you know, between in the league and in the cup, where we've been one nil up, absolutely dominant, but haven't put the team, you know, haven't got that second. And then the second half we go or against Reading, it was in the first half, but you know, we then go and concede a goal out of nowhere and we end up drawing the game. Um, you know, and that's why I said in the last pod it's so key what we at Southampton was we got that second goal. You know, we we, we got we, we were absolutely dominant, went ahead, then kind of Southampton got back into the game, but we got then got a second before half time and that was the difference because obviously inevitably we conceded the goal against Southampton. When you two nil up, you, that goal isn't taking the points away from you. So yeah. it was. Oh, I was standing at half time and thinking, you know, I, I was thinking Blackburn are going to come out second half. They're not going to, you know, I was expecting more fun than the second half. And I'm thinking at one nil, you know, are we going to be made to ruin the chances type thing? And um, and we nearly were. We we nearly were. I don't know if you remember, but at the start of the second half, um, Blackburn came down the the right-hand side and they played a ball across the box and oh, he's, yeah. he's beating Demi, he's beating everybody and the, their, their player in the box literally just has to stick a foot out and tap it in. Yeah. Completely missed the ball. Yeah. And we managed to get it clear but it should have been one all. Um, and then minutes later we go down the other end as you say the corner comes in. Uh, it's a little bit of a scramble. I mean, we didn't know he'd gone in until everyone started celebrating because it's, you know, it, because we're down the other end, but yeah, there's a scramble and, and, and Izzy pokes home pretty much on the line um, for a second goal in two games in the league. Um, and, you know, and then suddenly at 2-0, oh, it was so comfortable, wasn't it, really? You know, it was... It, because they weren't, Blackburn weren't really offering much. The concern was always any time that a game's 1-0, you could absolutely outplay a player team off the park for 90 minutes, but all it takes is one mistake, one moment, and is a one or draw, you know. So that, but as soon as we got it to two, Blackburn were never coming back from that. Um, and then you could see, I thought Hughesy was desperate to get a goal. And you see that, that as you said, that it was, she drove into the box, had the shot, which was saved, and then and Chloe Arthur's tapped it in, which ironically is the reverse of how Hughesy's probably scored a fair few of her goals this season, which has been where someone else has had that, you know, made that move, had the shot, and then Hughesy has been, you know, in the box with sweeping it up and tucking it home. So, um, it was, you know, I run it for the first time, it was the other way around. And then even again, you know, the fourth, it was, it was hugely driving. I mean, where she got the energy from for that drive and then she's put her eye through and then Ray's teed in, as you're saying, and Sinead, you know, still 94 minutes in, is, is you know, you, you could forgive anybody, you know, at that point in time that they're not really bother, you know, but she was, there she is, driving forward and getting in a box to, to, to smash it home. And um, I don't think 4 nil flattered us, really. Um, I don't think we, we didn't have tons and tons of chances. But I think partially because um, we, it just got comfortable. Um, and then you, you take, you, that edge comes off of it a little bit. Um, but Blackburn, obviously other than that one moment, didn't really... Offer anything. They had little, a couple of little spells where they, you know, had a bit of the ball and you know got their half and that. But I don't really think Demi had to make a save. Um, you know, and it's crucial. I'm really pleased for her to get the clean sheet. We've we've been we've we've been short of them this season. Um, you know, goal goals galore, but we still kept conceding them as well. And um, 
still have one of the our one of the I think we're one of the worst defenses in the top six. So you know, great to get a clean sheet. Um, and just a you know, just an all round performance. I mean, stats wise, and we had sixty two percent possession. Well, apparently, we had seventeen shots. Blackburn had five. Eleven of ours were on target. They had one on target. Although it's always a bit questionable with these stats because it then says off target was three. So if 11 of ours were on target and three were off target, I don't know what happened to the other three shots. But <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the third option is for uh, what happened to those, those shots. Um, unless they're, unless, yeah, no, God knows. Uh, I was going to say unless it's the goals, but I have no idea. Um, yeah, that'd be on target if it's a goal. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking maybe it's the woodwork, but that counts as off target. So God knows. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe there was three shots that we just didn't have to do with, unless they're blocked or something. Oh, who knows? Um, but yeah, so cool, we got caught offside a lot, twelve times. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we we were never really in in trouble, um, and it's kind of weird because when you look at the. What we weird point was that's it. So you look at Blackburn this season. You know, they're they're seventh now, but they 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 were they were top. They had that run of like four wins in a row at the start of the season, and they were top. And you know they they they've they've turned it around again after a little couple of games that they slumped after we beat them the first time. And then we beat Sunderland. They picked up some results. They got themselves back up to sixth. Um, and they've been a decent team this season. And it's weird because the team that has been was top and has been, you know, is is middle of the table and stuff. That's the team that we faced against in the cup. In in terms of performance, but in the league, both games we played against them, they looked anything but that. <laughs> you know, you you, you would yeah. have been considering considering, as we said last season, they were so hard to beat in the two games we played them, and we were only one of only two teams to do the double over them. It's ourselves in Birmingham. But they were so hard to beat. You know, you had to really grind them down, really work hard, and it was narrow wins. This season, it's four 0 home and away, and they've mustered like two shots on target across the two games. Um, and they've never really looked like, you know, they should have beaten us in the cup. They were all over us for a large chunk of that game for about an hour. Um, but yet in the league, both times they've just never been in it. Um, it's very, very strange. Obviously, I know they're still part time, so that would have played a factor as well. Is that they've tired as the game has gone on? Um, but it's just really bizarre. The the, the Blackburn that we played in the FA Cup is how I thought we, they would have been in the in the league, and it yeah. just hasn't been that way around. It's very, rather strange. Yeah, it's, it's it's odd, isn't it? Because I I remember they made five five or six changes for that cup game. Yeah, they did. When, yeah. And they actually looked a better team then with those changes than their normal first team. So I don't know what's going on there. It's, it's strange, isn't it? Um, but yeah, they're, it's, they're a funny team. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get, really. I mean, they have over the years been very, very difficult to beat. You'd never, if someone said to me two years ago, in, in two years' time, you, you, you'd win eight nil on aggregate against them in, in the season, <laughs> I'd just laugh and say, yeah, right, okay. But I mean, it's incredible. I mean, we've obviously got much better, I and mean, we, you know, we 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 were a much much stronger team than we were then. But 
I don't know what's happened. I mean, they they did start the season really well. First game, I think it was that was it then that I think beat Birmingham. In the yeah, one nil. One nil. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't I don't know what's happened there really, but they are they just seem very inconsistent. I think on their day, they can be they can be pretty good, but um, I mean, as they were against us in the cup, but I did I just don't think there's much consistency there really. So. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm not complaining. You know, makes no, it, no, no, it, it no. give us the point. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think as you say, you you, you made a really good point. That, and we said it before that our transfer business in January, I think, has been really key. It's exactly yeah. what we needed um, to get ourselves, you know, keep ourselves in the hunt, really. Um, and. Obviously, Abby Larkin, she's only she's had a couple of substitutes appearances. She's not really been able to affect much at the moment. But Rhea Percival now starting, you've, you've just got an experienced right back. You know, an incredibly experienced right back. And, you know, and it shows, you know, Kirsten's, you know, worked so hard there this season. And the start of the season, I thought, was, was excellent. And every I, I, over time, I think when you play, you do see a lot. When you play a player out, out of position and, and she's not an out-and-out right-back person. I think when you do it long-term, we've seen it, we saw it with Chris Richards at holding midfielder. His first appearance there at two, it was all right. because you you know. But once you started playing it regularly, it tailed off. And that happens any time Jerry Reedwell plays football. Um, but you know what I mean? Like it's Sometimes when you're for a game or two stepping out of position, I think it, you, you can kind of, it, it works. But over, over the time, it, 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 it wasn't, Again, quite as effective. And I think just having the experience of Rhea and in a more natural, you know, position, considering the rest of the defence, that everyone's in their natural, natural, you know, natural spot. Um, I think it's just, you know, it's 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 definitely made a mark, a marked improvement defensively, and and not not just that, but Rhea can get get forward more as well, um, as we saw with our second goal against Southampton, where is is her running onto it and the shot onto the post. Um, and Izzy Atkinson has been a revelation, really, hasn't she? What a, what a signing! Great signing. She yeah. she's been, and and I think the thing is, I was thinking about it when you mentioned her earlier. For me, what she's brought to the team is balance, because if you look at the first half of the season, we've we had we've had so many players with long term injuries. So you you would have had if you think if everyone had been fit that we you know from the summer. You'd have had um, Sibs as a wing option. You'd have had Lucy Watson, who would you'd have you'd imagine would have been a starting left winger. Um, and Kira Barry, and Kira Kira Barry, Barry. as well in there. And, yeah. and we've not had any of that. We well, Sibs, Sibs towards Christmas time became available. We've had Lucy for twenty minute spells from the bench a few times, and she's she's disappeared again. Um, so I can only assume she's injured. Um, but you know they they've not been they've not been available. Um, and so instead, basically all all, all first of the season we had Moles at left at left wing, and then the right wing was was Polly to start with, which. You know, she 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 she'll work hard and she she put, put good crosses in, but she's not. If you're going to play the four for three, you need you need you need pace, you need trickery, you need the the wingers that will run and beat a play, and that's not quite Polly's game. Um, 
So you put Shields there at the start, and then you, then it mixed between Paige, who, to be honest, is, you know, it, she's had it was she struggled at, with us it's, in general, but this season immensely. She it's just not worked for her at all. It's, it, she's had a good start in Newcastle, and I'm glad for her. But for us this season, it just has not worked at all, and I don't really think there's any performances that made you think, well, you know, she's got to keep this spot. Um, and then it would be Araya. And Araya, as we said before, you know, there's a real talented girl there. But unlike Lexi, who's the same age, she's not the, Lexi's the more complete package at the moment. And with Araya, you get sensational or struggling to adapt. And I think sometimes when she starts, she, she, her best stuff for us has been coming off the bench because she can be so effective against tiring legs. Um, but against the team when they're more settled, when they're more rigid, I think she, at the moment, she's just still where she's still learning and it's um, not always quite there with, you know, actually how how can I beat this person? And um, when they're a bit like, like when she was up against the Charlton, I know she comes as a sub, but the, the, the Charlton left back and who was, you know, excellent. And when you play like a Molly Mott, because, you, you know, um, players like that, when it's a lot, a lot harder and it, it takes that something extra and, um, so we, we've kind of, it, it's, it's been Moles consistently on one side who isn't, again, isn't that like generally that, that natural pacey, she's a workhorse. Um, and then the right-hand side was constantly chopping and changing. And now, obviously Moles has switched back switched to the right. Um, and Izzy has, is that player. She's exactly that player who can pick up the ball, run at a defence, cause all sorts of problems, score goals. And all of a sudden now we actually know each week as it stands, you know what your your wingers are. You know, with that's that one of our inconsistencies that we've had all season, because it had been that and the holding midfield role have been the two positions where we didn't really know for definite who who's whose spots they were. Um but I think Izzy coming in is balanced that up up top, and and you know it's, it's like now if you imagine for suppose for this season when they're fit for the men's side having Elise on one wing and an Ayu on the other, where you've got the you know the the extra spark or that the skill and trickery and pacing it with Elise, and then you've got the other side Ayu who works his socks off, has got the more defensive element to him, get, but gets gets still gets you goals and do you know what I mean like. It, it, I just think it's balanced us out so much more, um, and I think we're benefiting from that. We ne- we kind of I think now we know that when everyone's fit, what our starting eleven is. Yeah, um, and that's we, we could we both name the, we would both name the same eleven if we had to say right, everyone's fit. It was a team Sunday. We would both name the same eleven without yeah. a doubt. Because we know what the we know what the strongest team is at the moment, and, and it's, up to those, it's up to those players to fight their way into the team, isn't it? In tra- showing training that they're and when they come on, really make a difference to try and force their way back in. But yeah, you're right. I think the team picks itself at the moment because you know that three in midfield, two wide players, Hughesy in the back four. I mean, that basically we could we would both say exactly the same um, without a doubt, and that's probably the first time I can ever say that I can say I, we would do that. Do you remember the times when we used to think about what the team was going to be, and we'd come up with about four different players each, you yeah. know? But it's it, now we don't get, we're not, you know, it's it does pick itself at the moment. It does, you know. Um, 
if everyone's fit, without a doubt, yeah. And that gives you, the thing is that brings consistency as well. Sometimes, it, it, sometimes you need to freshen it up a little bit, but um, you know. But as I say, it does also bring you consistency, um, and we, I think we're benefiting from that at the moment. And you know, and as you said, you know, other than a few, you know, a few moments on Sunday, you know, Demi's been excellent this half the season, and that was settled because that was the other thing as well, wasn't it? Was we just weren't sh- sure in the goalkeeping department because obviously we lost Fran, and and in Fran, at the end of the day, we we had last season we had the best goalkeeper in the league, yeah, um, and we were expecting the same thing again, and then at the start of the season, we've ended up having you know Natalia, who's He's 19 and still learning and a 16-year-old on the bench, you know, yeah. and, and then Demi's come in, but obviously it's taken Demi a little while to get herself up to um, her best, being settled and and she was coming into the team at the time when the injuries were started to pick up and um, it wasn't always settled in front of her because we didn't, we had that we had that spell where the, like Fliss was injured for a while and, and then Kirsten got injured and, um, you know, so I think it's all kind of clicking. And that's the thing. That's one of the things you look at for Sunderland. You know, Claude Germain has been superb for them this season. And they're Barclays Championship. Cause I, you know, I really I really like the, the Barclays Twitter people because they constantly tweet stuff out about their teams, like stats and videos and all. Do you know what I mean? They're constantly... They're, they're doing what so many others should be doing they should be you know should be looked at and um applauded for what they you know for the content they keep putting out to keep trying to push the um the coverage and they shared the the, the stats the other day of um the most amount of saves in the league and claudia was top of like 57 i think it was and it, it's funny because i saw that and then about a day later old paul coventry paul um he was where's he's doing his usual thing where he's trying to Make a point about one person and knock down another. <laughs> he was um, actually lyrical about you know, Kira Keating because obviously she played for Coventry uh, loan last season, and uh, but he was saying that she about the save percentages and stuff and how high hers was. And it was much better than Mary Earps, and yet Kira was not getting a game in the the, the friendlies. And but I made the point of saying to him that like when he's looking at save stats, they're Probably one of the, one of the only stats that's quite misleading, because normally the keeper that's the highest amount, you know, the keepers with the highest saves have the worst defenses in front of them, um, because most teams, you know, aren't aren't conceding many chances, so their keepers aren't having to make many saves. But you'll have one where it will be the outstanding keeper, which is what Claudia is for Sunderland season, because I think the other the rest of the top five. Rule teams in the bottom half downwards because naturally they're the teams conceding more goals, they're the teams having more shots against them, so they keep us having to make more saves. But then there's always you'll get one who is like the, the, the clean sheet fiend, which is what Claudia's been this season, where um, they so some of them are actually conceding more efforts against them, but she's just been absolutely superb and is putting off those saves, um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, she's a brilliant goalkeeper. I was also really impressed with the young keeper at um, London City as well, who's only 19. Yeah. Yeah, she is really good. And incredibly, she's lost her place when the when their 30-year-old keeper, the more experienced keeper, came back from injury. 
but she, they put her straight back in and yeah. uh, she actually lost her, her place. And I, I can't believe that because she was so good. Her handling for such a young goalkeeper was just immaculate. She came out for every cross and took it. Like Composure it as well. Really good, yeah. She's gonna be a, she's gonna be one to watch in the in the in the in the future. Um, yeah, colour her name is, isn't it? Yeah, she's uh, she's one letter short for my daughter's name. <laughs> yeah, I like to point out. it's weird. Of course, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, just need an E in there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. an E in the surname, and it'd be more exactly my daughter's name. Exactly, yeah. So, um, she's definitely one to look out for. I'm, I was so impressed that because we obviously played them twice in 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 a week, um, so we got to see her really close up in, the, in in those two games and she was absolutely brilliant I, I was so impressed she's one to definitely watch out for um yeah and and uh, you know i think um yeah we I, I think that you know i think having a top goalkeeper um it, you know when we signed fran sheffield united fan said to me she'll win you 12 points a season she will win you 12 points and actually when we won one nil at durham that was definitely a three points that she'd won us because she saved a penalty it was brilliant i mean i know obviously the team have to put the effort in as well but she was exceptional and i think over the season you last season i think she probably did win us about 12 she, points she, she did yeah. there was there's several games a few at hayes where i remember yeah. we, we talked about it afterwards and the you know they Without her, all our previous keepers, we we draw or lose those games that we ended up winning. Yeah, because they were saves getting pulled off that our previous keepers just just weren't weren't making. Yeah, I, I do yeah. think that I, I said it before, and it, it's not meant to disrespect or anything, but I do think well, obviously the, the women's game is still is still growing, it's still advancing, it's still learning, and you know, and I do think the goalkeeping department is probably the one where it's been. It's probably been more behind the other other areas because it's such a specific role, um, you know that it, it's it's hard for most people just can't do it. And I do think I think you've seen it where when you could you could list, you know, if you look at left backs in in the, the top leagues and stuff like that, you know, and centre backs, whatever, you, you could list several quality players in those roles. But when you looked at keepers, I think there was a lot less depth. And watch, just watching games, you know, obviously as a Palace fan, but just in general, as someone who watches a lot of football, you could see it. Even in the World Cup, um, I can't remember what, what team it was, but their keeper got sent off. Um, but she had, I think she was at fault for virtually every goal that they had. You know, and you could see that the quality just wasn't quite in that department. And so I think it's still learning and still growing and still adapting and it will... You know, well, on the flip side of that, you then got Mary Oates winning all sorts of awards as the keeper. So it's definitely getting better and better. But I think that's still that's the department um, where it's probably been the it's the hard it's harder to find a quality keeper. That's why signing Frown was so big for us because it's the first time we we we'd done that signing we found a keeper of that level, and she was well above any previous keeper we'd had. Um, you know, and and we'd we'd had keepers from WSL teams, and so and Fran was well was well above them. So, you know, it, it, it's it's been it's been um, it's hard. But I say like Claudia, I think I think I mean as, if you know, I'd, I'd love to sign. I keep trying to set it up. I mean, I'd happy you know for for Hermione to come here. Um, you know, there's there's some we were starting to see now that there's some really talented goalkeepers out there. There's a fair few in this league. Um, 
Lewis's keeper. She's I think she's excellent. Um and oh that's one other as well. Um but yes, you know, so it's definitely a, a position that's getting better and better, I think. Um but it was just for us, it was really key kind of going back to everything. But again, it was another area as I say that in the first half of the season just was not settled and now it is. Um and I think we're paying dividends for that. And, and the thing is what do you remember the first half of the season we constantly said that we were vulnerable to crosses. And we we constantly said that if you wanted to get at us, put the ball high into the box. Because the goals we were conceding, several of them were coming from high balls into the box not being dealt with. And now Demi is all over them. She's so, she's out, dominant, commanding, making the catches. And it, it's, I think it's changed us dramatically because you, you take the pressure off. Because when our defence isn't, con- you know, you haven't got Haley and Amy constantly have to scramble around in the box because the keeper, you, you can't run on the keeper, they're not catching the ball in the air. Do you know what I mean? It's She's coming out, she's getting the ball, the defence can position themselves and we can go again. And I, so I think, you know, it, it's another area that's been, been really key for us in this second half of the season. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, just going back to the summer, uh, sorry, not the summer, the January in- incomings, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm not speak, speaking disparagingly against Leah or um, or um, Paige because, of course, they were fantastic for us. Um, I thought Leah was. I was so happy when we signed them. I remember a bit standing out as a great player playing against us for Bristol City. I thought, oh, I'll educate away from that. Pick this off me bingo list. Hold on. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah, that's that's. I always mention it, but she and I just thought. You know that was a, that was going to be a great sign. Never worked out for whatever reason. Sometimes it doesn't. There's lots of reasons it, it might not work out. It could be style of play, not settling in a part of the country, um, just you know, in being in, not being fully fit for injury. And loads of different things that could impact on someone having a successful move to another club. I mean, there's so many things, and you often see people players go on and, and do much better somewhere else where it all fits better, and that's that's brilliant, and that's that's good, and that's you know that that I'm always pleased to see that. But when you look at the two players that we brought in to replace Paige, when you bring in Izzy, and then when you think, if you think of Leah as a fullback, which is, I've always thought she's a right and left, she's pretty much can play on both sides, right and left back. We brought in Rhea without being, as I say, disparaging towards those two players. They are, that's an upgrade for me. That's, a, you know, um, on what we've seen. I, I think Leah and Paige are great players and no doubt we'll see them next season if we don't go up because Newcastle will be going up. Um, but um, I just think that they're both an upgrade. And when you can act, when you can inc- improve the 11, the, main, the first 11, that tells you something because it's not easy to do that in January. Who's going to really make players available, you know, of that quality? So for us to go in and get... Rhea and um, Izzy um, was was exceptional, and then just to top it off, we've got someone for the future. We've got we've gone and given a longer contract to Abby Larkin, two and a half year contract, knowing that she's probably just going to settle in this season, and then next season will be her opportunity. Um, and there was enough, I saw enough of Abby, you know, um, in the World Cup to know that she's going to be a great player as well. So when you think about that January business, we've we've, we've in prove two areas of the first team and we've got someone for the future. I mean, what more could we have asked for, seriously? 
I mean, we were already near the top of the table. We brought in players that have actually improved the, the first 11, um, which is very difficult to do when you've got a very strong first 11 to start with, you know. Which then improves your bench. Yes. Yes, exactly. We've got options to come on. The squad strength, like I said, with even Shauna not getting off the bench last week. I mean, the strength on the, on the bench now is incredible. I mean, it really is incredible when you can bring on players like Araya and, you know, um, and, and, you know, uh, Sibs didn't even come on. Did she come on? I don't even know. She no, came on. No, I mean, didn't. you've got players that aren't even getting a, a minute who, you know, three years ago, they would have been like the first names on the team sheet, those sorts of players, you know. We've got such a strong squad now. And, you know, and I, I think that January um, business was... That that showed you that they were committed to try and get promotion. Um, they knew there, there was an opportunity, and they weren't going to let it go without giving it a good good try. And I think that 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 really that, that told a story about what, what the club was thinking. And I think it's um it, it's paying dividends, and I think it gives us a really good chance now. I, I think if we hadn't brought those two players in, um, uh, I th- that were now slotted into that first team, I think it would have been more difficult for us to get promotion. I think yeah, there were yeah. still some weaknesses there in that team, yeah. And I think as as much as Kirsten's, you know, done brilliantly at right back, I've never felt comfortable that that was her position. I've never, I've never felt that she's. I've, I've always felt that she's sometimes, you know, not the quickest, and I sometimes um, caught out of position a little bit. I mean, she did brilliantly there because I don't think that is her main position. I think she's a midfielder, but. Um, uh, we needed someone in there who was with that experience, like Ria's gonna. It's just made us a, another, given us another level, and um, and also means, as you say, you know, Kirsten now can, if she comes off the bench, she'll be able to give us extra legs in midfield, and um, uh, so yeah, I think it's just been brilliant, hasn't it? That January window is that could be if we get promoted. I think I'll I'll be looking back at that as being yeah, the reason why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, one other thing I wanted to very briefly mention before I move us on. Um, but another thing I thought that was important from, from the Blackburn game was Annabelle scoring. Um, yeah. Because obviously she was on seven goals league-wise um, and had been for a while. And yet was still like her top scorer in the league. Um, but she obviously she picked up the injury, was out for a while, came back. Um, and then, well, she's just trying to get herself back in, got another knock, missed the game again. And, and you could see it at the start of this year, you could see where she'd been out and wasn't quite up with the pace of the game and struggled, you know, struggled to be honest with you. Um, and you could see that, but I thought the last, you know, she, I thought she um, was a lot, lot better against Southampton and, uh, you know, played really, really, really well against Blackburn. And to get the goal, I think that would do, uh, um, you know, the, the world of good, because the thing is, as you say, you know, joking aside, but obviously, Hughes now two games without a goal, and that's stupid. But you know we can't expect her to go and score in every game for the run, in the running. So you need the goals from elsewhere, and um, you know Annabelle getting her getting finding some, some scoring form again would be perfect timing for us um, because it will only boost her as well. And when Annabelle's buzzing, you, you, you know between her and Sinead, that's a, that's a phenomenal kind of support system in that midfield. It's incredible, really. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to point out as well. I thought that was, you know, was, was re- really important. Um, I could, you know, really stand as a good set going forward. Annabelle uh, getting that goal. We just needed to not get another yellow card because she's only one away from suspension. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a worry, isn't it? I mean, which annoyingly, I think one of them has come from 
think one of the yellow cards was in the Conti Cup, I think. Oh. Which that's the one thing that that's one of the things that irks me about the whole Lewis one getting that game getting axed in the end, which I get because you know you wouldn't want to injure those players for a pointless game. But you know, we like we we've had to play all our fixtures and have picked up cards from it, which then could penalise us in the future and they've avoided you know, they've had to play less and avoided that, but hey ho. Um but yeah, so I just wanted to point out. I just want to move us on, uh, just because as the time ticks along. Yes. So uh, before we, we talk about Brum coming to town, uh, and not the little toy car for those who uh, are old enough to remember what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, the um, There's a, a couple of bits I want to speak. So uh, first of all, while I'm thinking about it, uh, what you alluded to earlier, and I'll, you'll probably, I think you know, I think I know you know, a bit more about it than I do. Uh, but news came out this week, not from the club, fully enough, but from the man himself. Uh, Lewis Craig tweeted out um, that he is starting his new role as our uh, women's academy manager. Um, so we knew, obviously, got, uh, we had Nathaniel on the pod, didn't we, last last season, talking about um, all the stuff that had gone, all the hard work that they've been putting in with the uh, our our kids, team, our youth teams for years, um, but the struggles that they'd faced as well, and the fact that there's no pathway beyond 16, and we were losing talented players because there's nowhere for them to go. Um, and we knew that it was that there's been pushed now that you, it's part of the positive tears. You've, by the end of 2025, you must have an academy. Um, so we, we knew that things were going to start changing. This season, it but things have come out. They were they were looking for staff. I think we'd gone to an under 18s didn't we, this year? I think. Um, so, you know, the fact that we've now got an academy manager coming in is is a huge plus because hopefully now we you know we having the head like we've seen with, with Grace coming in as the head of women's football, it's given us the structure to to build to build downwards essentially. Um, and, and grow as a football club, and now having a head of an academy will do exactly the same. Um, and hopefully, I'd like us to get um, a reserve team from it, like an under twenty ones, because I think that's the thing. I think it's one of the things that's lacking at the moment in the, in the women's game for a lot of us. Um, I, I know sometimes like Durham have got Durham Sestry, haven't they? They play actually in one of the lower leagues, and it's pretty much their second string in that. And, uh, I know Sunderland have got various teams because they're, 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 they're the lasses always tweet out about it. Um, but for us, we've not really there isn't really a pathway to see some of the young players get into the into the squad. Um, but also, I think we we definitely need to realize because there isn't that many games. I think we'd have benefited from if we'd have had an under twenty one side where you can play a cup, you know, like in the the same of the men's rules where. You can play a couple of senior players. Would have been ideal for the likes of Sibs to get game actual game time. Um, you know, back from the rehab, but playing sixty minutes, eighty minutes in competitive games, um, build up the confidence and stuff as well. Um, and like Shauna could have done it last season when she had that injury, and and then a couple of players who perhaps haven't been playing. Um, you know, it's, it'd be an opportunity for them to get some minutes and stuff as well. And so I don't know if that's something that will come in as part of it, but I, I would like to see it. 
I think it'd be beneficial all round. But I think it's just fantastic that we are continuing to build and that, you know, we've just built this academy for the for the boys' side of it and are pushing um, youth football on the boys' side to, to, you know, Category 1 academy. we got to be doing the same for the women. We'd be stupid not not to, um, you know, and start bringing some, some, you know, creating some of our own stars, um, which will go a hell of a long way in the game. Yeah, I was really pleased with that news. And um, I spoke to a Man United women's fan um, uh, who was kind enough to give me some time on the phone to talk about um, Lewis Craig. Um, and she said that um, she was so impressed with him. She was really disappointed when he left Man United. She said that she thinks that he left because they wanted to increase the number of female people around the under 21s and the youth system there. It wasn't anything to do with it. He, he actually was, he actually was the head coach for the under 21s that won the double two years running for Man United. Um, and since that, since he's gone, their form hasn't been as good. Um, they thought really highly of him. One of the things that she said actually was that his commitment was incredible because what he used to do, he used to do training session all day, you know, with various groups and everything. And some of the younger ones, under 21s, and then if he used to be, he used to manage all the loans as well. So if a player was out on loan playing the other side of the country, he'd then finish training, get in his car and he'd go all the way across the country to go and watch a player who's on loan somewhere for Man United and then come back. You know, she said the hours he put in and the commitment he showed was incredible. Um, and that to me tells you a lot about somebody, you know, that they, they really take the job seriously if they're going to put that much effort in. So not only is he obviously a very good coach because he um, he managed that under-21s team at Man United to two double, doubles in a row, but he's obviously very committed and um, and I think, you know, he'd probably, he'll probably throw everything at this. Um, it's a really prestigious opportunity, actually, because... We've never really had, we've never had an academy. It's a blank slate. He can basically direct it how he wants. You know, there's a lot of probably freedom for him to sort of do that, along with Grace, of course, as well, and Laura about what they want to do. But there'll be a little bit of flexibility for him to sort of have his say and do things the way that he wants to do, because, you know, and what he's learned at Man United will be quite good. I think, I mean, I don't know enough about what's going to happen in the future because we've got a new company taking over with the top two tiers of women's football in the summer. There's going to be lots of stipulations around, you know, um, lots of things around the game, you know, to make sure that they, if they want to sell the TV rights, which is what they want to do, they want to get, they want to make the WSL like the Premier League and they want to make championship almost like a wsl2 um they want to get the tv right and for them to get the money from the tv companies the product's got to be fantastic and the, not only that but they've got to get people in and they've got to have good facilities and they've got to have proper tv gantries so all of these things are going to be part i think they're going to basically have you know you can't be in the wsl unless you've got a ground that holds at least x thousand you know five thousand or whatever four thousand or whatever it'll be i think chelsea i think king's meadows less than five but um i think there'll be stipulations around all of that and as you quite rightly said one of the other things is that you've got to have a pathway you've got to be give, give um your young players an opportunity to make their way all the way through to the first team so we needed to do something but to get someone of that caliber is just incredible I and mean, we've gone out and persuaded one of the top coaches in the country at that level to come to palace you know um they sold it to him like they sold to grace i mean bristol city had just got promoted to the wsl i know they've been in there before but they, they went back up to the wsl and grace was persuaded to come to us rather than manage to see that through in the wsl you know and we are selling what we must have 
some really good ambition for those people of that quality to want to come to Palace rather than go anywhere else, because I'm sure they're being demand from other places. So that gives me a great belief that we we are actually going places because I don't think those people those people would have come unless they were told this is what we're going to do, you know, and we're going to fund this, we're going to back it, we're going to really push for this, and we want you to lead this. They're really selling this um this project and what we're going to be doing in the future to these people so that to me is more important probably than than anything because it it just means that the future is going to be pretty bright i think i think we are going to be really really up for this and going for it and and, and i'm not surprised to be honest you know we, we we are a very we're a community club we do a hell of a lot for the local community in south london raise millions of pounds a year in for charity through different initiatives and um it doesn't surprise me with all of that background to what palace is about that we are now going to finally and i say finally because it's been too long waiting waiting finally now going to have an opportunity for young girls in south london and beyond to come and play football for palace and have a dream of actually playing for the first team one day and have that and see that route all the way through I, I, I think next season I don't know I, I, I'm not in the know at all but this season we've got under 12s under 14s under 16s under 18s my understanding is there's not really an under 18s league anymore most of the clubs in the country have gone through from 16s to under 21s and they a lot of them play young under 21s because that incorporates these under 18s as well so I think what we'll probably do is I think we'll probably do that um next year i think we'll probably keep the two gaps the two-year gap so we'll probably go under 12 under 14 under 16 and then straight to so as soon as someone's out of the under 16s they'll move into the under 21s i don't even think there's an under 18s league anymore because a lot of the clubs are going straight to under 21 so i think that's what we'll do and i, I really like your point mike about you know using that that second team if you like the under 21s to help players that are not playing that that frequently i mean i hope there's a bit of flexibility that you can play like three overage players or something because that under 21s will give a great opportunity for players who are older than 21 you know but coming back from injury who need some game time but are not ready for the first team so i think if they can be some flexibility around under 21s but you can play three overage players that i think will be really helpful to for the, for, for a lot of reasons um and also mean that these young players will be able to play with some ex experience first team players who are coming back from injury you know and that will help them as well playing with better quality players experienced players so i think there's so many pluses from it i mean i hope that's what we do i don't think we're gonna i mean i'd be very surprised if we keep an under 18s i hope we do the more teams we've got the, the better for me but i've just got a feeling knowing what a lot of other clubs have done they've gone straight from under 16 to under 21s and i wouldn't be surprised if that's what we do which i've got no problem with at all really i think it's good to have a young under 21s team players will learn a lot more playing against older players and i think it'll be good i think the quality will be better for them as well so i think that's the way we're going to go but honestly lewis craig it, it he's gonna i think you know it, i think it's going to be amazing for us really I, th I really do i think it'll be it'll be trans it'll transform things for us um wouldn't it be great you know if we've got half our team coming through through from the academy the women's academy in the future it'll just be amazing find another will Zahar on the female side you know i mean that's got to be the dream isn't it that we can do because I think if we can do if we can get to that level that will be the best way for us to get into the super league and challenge by creating our own players and you know helping them through that path all the way through to the first team but really exciting um really exciting um appointment out of the blue had no idea it just came out of nowhere really but hopefully there'll be an interview with um 
with Lewis on the Palace uh, on Palace TV or Palace website. They, they've, got an, they've got to announce it first. <laughs> they haven't even announced it, I know. They haven't announced it, so I, I wouldn't even have known about it if you hadn't shared it. In the, no. Yeah, in the I was at the Fab meeting, the, the um, Fab meeting last night, and I obviously had 10 or 15 minutes to put my points across for the women's supporters on behalf of the women's fans. And... Um, and it was meant, you know, it's meant, and I hadn't mentioned Lewis Craig, um, but one of the uh, Palace people representing Palace said, oh, we've just got a really good academy, a new academy manager. And I said, yeah, I know. And I, and I should have said, why haven't you announced it? <laughs> but I, 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 I was tied up with other stuff. So I never actually pulled them up on it. But yeah, they haven't actually announced it. It's really odd. It's such an important appointment. And actually, you know, um, you'd think you there'd be, singing it from the rooftops that we've got this great you know uh great young um under uh, academy manager who's who's joined us and yeah i can't understand why they wouldn't be wouldn't be doing that uh, unless i don't think he was under contract with anyone else unless i have to wait for some sort of contractual reasons they can't announce it until he's not employed by someone else i don't know i don't know the background there might be a reason that they haven't announced it but if it was me i'd be putting it right out there and singing from the rooftops because i think it's a brilliant the club does like taking its time announcing stuff yeah yeah <laughs> i mean to be fair they have had a bit they you know they, they've been busy with getting a new men's manager haven't they so i suppose you can forgive them a little bit because they've basically gone overboard haven't they with um oliver glasner and they've done videos and goodness knows what and so I think they've probably just been basically following him, following him around London for the last two weeks. I mean, the poor bloke, he's, he can't do anything without cameras or Palace TV after him, you know. Is there so, been so much stuff on the, out there, you know. And um, there's even like a Glasner cam during the game against Burnley, you know, and um, where they just had a cam on him for the whole 90 minutes. I mean, yeah, I saw that. So, <laughs> so um, I think they've been busy with that. But now that that's all sort of, you know, dying down a little bit, hopefully um i hope that they can get an interview with um with our um with lewis our new man yeah yeah that's the fantastic absolutely fantastic news um and yeah as you say it just shows how much the club is is building as a project i think and as you say you know it's really providing that the positive vibes of, of some great times ahead um so it's fan- fantastic news uh just i'm after the time just the, the the kind of the, the two things I saw I'm kind of going to brush over them now really but um, the two discussions one was so again started by Paul talking about too many like too many internationals and there needs to be less internationals there's too many games and the, the players are naked and I, I get it from the perspective of like and it's happening in the men's side of it as well since especially since COVID because things major tournaments got put back that there doesn't really seem to be any breaks in the summer for all the main players if you're playing for internationals. Um, and it, it is annoying in the, during the season, like as I say, this 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 section, that the fact that there's um, too many, uh, you know, there's another international break, so we've got to sit out games again. Um, but my point I made on it was that, the thing is, while he's saying that we need less games because too many internationals, you know, a lot of us feel we need more games in terms of domestically because we want the leagues to be bigger and there not to be all these gaps constantly in the, in the fixture list. And I, I was, I, it made me wonder whether, because one of the points I made was he's talking about the injuries and the impact that these internationals are having, which again, no doubt, so where there's been tournaments and then quick turnarounds and stuff, 
they will play a part in the injuries, but that's for a select few in the in our leagues. But I do wonder whether the stop-start nature of the fixture list plays a part in it because if you look for a, we, we we've we had that run going at the Christmas where we, we were playing that we've had like once and we were up, we didn't play for a month and then we played one twice in the FA Cup and then we didn't play for a month and then and then we we've ended up because of staying in the cup we've ended up having a run of a load of games um which is probably one of the biggest runs of consecutive games in a, in a shorter period of time that we've had um so that it, it can't be great for the players when you you spend half a season and you you, you play maybe a couple of games and then there's breaks and stuff to then all of a sudden a whole load in a chunk um so I kind of feel like if you balance it out you need a couple of midweek games with bigger leagues and stuff. But I think I personally think yes, I'd like to see some less internationals. I think men's and women's there's there's, a, there's only a certain amount of appetite for international football, and that the face that that's when it's competitive. That's the, the tournaments. Um, so I think we can all happily see less of it. But I think on the flip side of it, we need more domestic football. And I do wonder whether the I'm interested from like the sports science view or even how to that the players feel about it and stuff, but I do wonder whether the, the bitterness of our season does play a part in sometimes where some of these injury issues come from. It's a, it's a real real tough one for me because I think if you're like a lioness, you know, you play for England women and you've been involved in these tournaments, World Cup in, or on the other side of the world, you know, in Australia and New Zealand, and then you've obviously had the Euros and then I think it's very, very difficult. Um, as you say, with COVID, that didn't help. That sort of moved things around a little bit as well. So I think with the Lionesses, it's difficult because I mem- I can't remember who it was, but I remember reading a couple of weeks ago that one of the Lionesses says she hasn't had like a holiday or summer, a proper break for five years, something like that. And I can understand that that is a problem because they're not getting a break. They are yeah, you know, the international breaks, they're going off to southern Spain for a warm weather thing, playing two games or whatever, um, or playing at Wembley against someone or whatever it is. So they're not get they're not getting I think those players I can understand. I mean, one of the things that they really needed to do, and they should have done it years ago, is every single team that qualifies for Europe, even if you get knocked out of the Champions League in the first stage, you know, in the qualifying. None of those teams should be in the Conti Cup. If you qualify for the, you know, you can't go. They're all moaning about being in all these. I know they only have to play three games to win the thing, but I really do think that if they're moaning about too many games, and there's, and let's face it, if you're in the Champions League, most of your team is going to be an international player. So they're going to, they're the ones that we need to look after, and they're not getting the breaks that they need. So the Conti Cup, you don't need to have, a, you don't need those clubs in the Conti Cup. Get, get them out. And that's three games automatically they don't have to worry about, you know. Um, and they don't have to fit these games in midweek against London City, Lionesses, if you're Arsenal or whatever, you know. And I know I know only Chelsea got through to the um, the group stages. And, and I know that Man United and Arsenal got knocked out in the qualifiers for the Champions League. The fact that they qualified for the Champions League means they shouldn't be in the Conti Cup at all. You can't yeah, come in yeah. at any stage. And that gives them at least three games, three break, you know, three match days that they don't have to plan for, train for, prepare for, travel to. That gives them a little bit of a break. They can't have it all. You know, if they're going to start saying, because it impacts on us. So we have loads of gaps with nothing. 
you know, and and I know we've got internationals. I know we, I know Husey and Abby Larkin and Izzy and you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I know they've all gone off and they've played. They're playing internationals, but a lot, a lot of our, a lot of our players have been training. This, this, you know, they've had a little break and come back training. Now, you, you know, I think it's about getting the balance. You can't have twelve teams in a league and expect it to be. Um, one of the top leagues in, you know, you, you've got to have at least 16 teams for a start. Now, if they're moaning already with, with a league of 12, they've got too many games, then they've got to think about other other things outside because we need to have two two leagues of 16. We really do to make it a viable um, league and, not, you know, worthy enough to be um, for, for TV companies to pay the money that I know that they're trying to get. They want this WSL 1 and 2, which will probably be called. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. WSL 1 and 2, I, I, I do think they want them to be the top league, the WSL 1 to be the top league in the world. For that to happen, they need TV money to have the money to entice the best players. And then it snowballs from that. Once you've got the best players, the TV money goes up because the quality of the product's so good and everyone wants a bit of it. So it's like a snowball effect, but you've got to get that first you know but if you're not going to be if you're not if they're mo- if the players are moaning now about not having breaks how how you know how seriously are we going to get tw- 12 to 16 teams up to 16 teams in that top division because they're already saying there's too many games are we going to be giving them another six games um no eight games yeah another eight games a season against four more opposition so you know, where's it? Go? You've got to draw the line somewhere. I mean, the first thing they can do, as I say, is get rid of the Conti Cup for those teams, not put them in it. Actually, to be honest, get rid of the bloody thing. And I can't stand it anyway. But um, but if, if you're going to have a, a league cup like that, those teams in Europe shouldn't be in it. And that gives them a bit of a break from that tournament. Um, but they've got to think about it because, you you know, I do feel for those players because, and I think too many internationals is probably right as well. You know, did those players really all need to go... Um, play those two friendlies for England? I don't know, really. I don't know if they really did, did they? No. Um, the, wor- the worst thing is, as soon as the season starts, you have a game, like, beginning of September or something in the WSL, middle September, and then after one game, they will go off for an international break. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you, you what's going the, on? You don't need the Nations League, either. No, you don't that, need that, it That all. replaced friendlies, but to be honest with you, you could have not had the games. <laughs> I know you need yeah. sometimes to be able to get some players in that, you know, give people a chance. Um, you know that you obviously you don't always want to risk every break blood in your players in the competitive games, but at the same time, you know that's where you got to look at why have we had why have we added more of these these games because the reality is is most people a lot a lot of people don't see the Nations League as anything, <laughs> yeah. you know. So there's, you could easily cut a whole load of the international fixtures. And then the games would mean more when that happens. When you've got your actual qualifying for one of the major tournaments and then the major tournament, those games mean more because that's when you see that you're in your international side. Um, and then you free up a whole load of space for the extra league fixtures and for some more time for people. Um, although I just want to point out, you, you say about getting rid of the Continental Cup, but according to their advert, Continental Tires have been championing women's football for 13 years. I'd love so to know how much hard, they put into it's it. A bit hard, it's a bit harsh for you to want to get rid of their competition because they're constantly giving out no prize money every year yeah. and no TV coverage of their tournament. So you stop. You don't. You dare knock that company and their champion <laughs> the women's game 
<laughs> I don't know who did that deal, but it definitely wasn't wasn't Richard Scudamore, was it? I mean, <laughs> you know, it, 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 this, this guy could get four billion pound TV deal, you know, for Premier League, and and uh, to undersell the women's game like that is tragic, to be honest, you know, because there should be decent prize money for any. I mean, obviously we've got the FA Cup money increased after a campaign from our group we're involved in, um, and we got the FA Cup prize money um, increased tenfold, which is which is great still still not enough but a good start but to actually undersell uh another competition like the conti cup and not have proper prize money and it's a you know the whole tournament the whole way it's run is awful anyway it's not you can't watch it anywhere it's not advertised properly um the league is complicated in that you don't know who's going to be the best runner-up to go through and then then a team played an eligible player and then Man United now, now got, you don't even have to finish your fixtures yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Watford against uh... Lewis. Yeah, Watford Lewis wasn't even played the last game. That just puts a mockery on the whole competition for me, you know. And and I think you know it's just it's just awful. And they need to look at that. I mean, they need to. And we we also for five years in a row we played the same teams all the time. It's driving me mad. I mean, I, you know, I don't care who we play. I don't go and watch the opposition. Of course, I go and watch Palace. But it wouldn't have been nice to go and play. We might I don't be know. spared Lewis next season though. In all fairness, do you know what we they'll might do? Get a break after five, do you know what, no, you know, what, you know, Mike, you don't know what they they got it planned. They're going to include some of the dub, some, some of the national league <laughs> teams. That's how they do it. We've been saying that yeah. before they should do it. They'll 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 do it. they that will be it for me. That will be it. I mean, you know, I'll I'll just give up at that point with the with the Conti Cup if that happens. But no, I think um, there's there's lots of things that needs to be looked at. I mean, I think new the new co, you know, Steve Parrish is part of as we know. I think the new co there's a lot on their shoulders about the way the direction of women's football right the way across. And I know they're not going to have impact on the the FA still going to be running the lionesses and everything, but. You know, the top two divisions being run by an independent company away from the FA, that's still going to be really impactful on, you know, everything, including the Lionesses, without a doubt, um, especially if they do increase the teams, number of teams in the league. So there's a lot on their shoulders and I really hope and they, and they will, I'm sure, do it properly and they will take a lot of feedback from the players and the people in, in, in football because I think they have to. But, you know, it's got, they've got to look at things that are just not working. Conti Cup for me is one of them. I'm sorry, you know. I mean, if we were still in it, I wouldn't be saying that. Uh, we're not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still desperate for us to get that quarterfinal. I'm still gutted about that, yeah. So, right. Um, uh, time, time is short. Uh, so, if we just switch our attention briefly to Sunday. Yeah. Uh, massive, massive game. I mean, every game is a final now, isn't it? But huge yeah. game. Uh, Birmingham come to town. Um, obviously, we beat them away 2-1 at the start of the season, but they're a much different team than they were then, uh, much improved. I mean, they went on that run, didn't they, unbeaten for God knows how long. Um, but they have lost their last two games. Um, and so, and this bizarre scenario, I noticed this the other day, if you look over the last three um, weekends of the Championship football, the last three rounds of the football. The first one of those was we played Southampton and we went into that game having lost to Charlton's. We'd lost to one of the, the promotion chases and were on the verge that if we then lost to the Southampton, basically we were going to, we were, we were out of 
the promotion hunt. So it was a must-win game, and we beat Southampton. It then meant that the next round of games, Southampton were in the they were in the position where, having lost a promotion rival, they then needed to win because if they lost again, chances are they would be out of the promotion hunt. And they played Birmingham, another promotion team, and beat them. And now Birmingham, the week later, are in, the, in that same position where they've just lost to a promotion-chasing team and now they need to win because if they don't win, they're probably out of the race and they're facing another promotion team. It's a really bizarre scenario where we basically pass the baton along the line each time, which doesn't bode well. If the, if the trend continues, it doesn't bode well for us. But no. uh, it's that, that, that <laughs> scenario where, you know, it, it, by, the end of the, by the end of the weekend, if, if, if we beat Birmingham, you know, and Sunderland went, there'd be, there'd be seven points adrift. Yeah. So, and you, you start getting into the realm where that, that's, that now at this stage, it's just beyond because you're relying on, at least it's not even just one team at the moment, you're relying on like four teams, other teams to to drop points. Yeah. So, you know, and no one's really doing that. So I think, you know, it, it would, it would, Massively make it incredibly difficult. Plus, with us, we've got the extra bonus of our goal difference is so good. It's an extra point for us, effectively. It so, is. That, that could be crucial. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's a it's a massive game, and as I say, now they're in a position that Southampton were against them last time out, and we were against Southampton the time before that. Um, so that you know they're they're going to come all guns blazing. Um, we know the pitch at Sutton. Isn't great. Um, I do think in the summer, I don't know what the plans are, but I'd imagine we're going to have to help Sutton invest in their, their pitch. Um, because obviously, I mean, there's every, as it stands, they're going to be in, back in the National League where there'll be even more yeah. games. But, you know, in, in, tier, in League Two, you're playing more games because you've got, you're starting the FA Cup earlier. You've got the um, Johnson's Paint Trophy, whatever company sponsors it these days. Um, and then there's more league games. So the pitch is taking a bit of a hammering. But on top of that, this season, they've got uh, the women's team playing there and the under-21s playing there. So that, that pitch has, ha- has had yeah easily another nine games on it that it wouldn't have normally had. So... Um, it's certainly with where the weather's been. We've noticed it since the Chatham game. Really, it's it's certainly um, has an impact. I think, and it, it probably I imagine it will do on, on Birmingham as well. But obviously, we we play we 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 move the ball around. We're a passing team, you know. We, we move it. We, we quick passes, our movement off the ball, and it's certainly noticeable that it's harder to do because anytime you get in the middle of the pitch. The ball slows down. The ball bobbles a lot around there, where it's it's not quite as um, as as plush as it was at the start of the season. Um, so I think it probably does impact our performance a little, um, which is what obviously now we've got an extra game at Selhurst because the Sheffield United game has been switched there. Um, so that the pitch could probably well play a part this Sunday. Um, but so yeah, really, really tough game. Um, so they're a different proposition to what we faced when we played them at St Andrews. 
which was an excellent performance that day. Um, but then we are now, I think, us, three, about four weeks ago, you know, that week when we lost, the, we blew it against London City the midweek and lost to Charlton and that. How we were at that point in time, this would be a hell of a tougher game than where we're at now, I think. Um, so it's going to be a really, really interesting game. And, and that, that first goal is going to be absolutely crucial. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're a good team on paper. They've lost a lot. Of, I mean, they had a terrible start and then they've obviously lost their last two. But that that period in between, they just were on that run, weren't they? And it, you just couldn't see them losing. And then you thought they were going to just keep carrying on because they came from nowhere and they were right up with us. And we're thinking, hang on a minute, you, you didn't win for four games at the beginning of the season. Yeah. They've obviously got good play. I think the one thing that Birmingham lack, and I probably regret saying this now with us playing oh, them, no. I think I think they've black, they've bought in so many good players, but I think they just lack a really good, really, really, really top quality for that league centre forward. I think um, you know if they had Katie Wilkinson or Elise Hughes, I think they'd bought the league. To be honest, I think there's, they've got so many good players and they've got loads of cover across the squad. I think the one thing they they just lack is a is a natural top top player up front and. Um, so, um, you know, and, and, and the games that I've seen them, they sort of, you know, I mean, obviously they've got, and this is another one for your bingo list, Jade Pennock's injured. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can tick that one off the list. Um, so Jade Pennock, as, as you know, is one of my favourite players. Um, absolute superstar. Great You've player. never mentioned it. No, I don't like to talk about it. But, um, I mean, you know, they're obviously missing her, but I don't think they've really got that many natural goal scorers in that squad. And I think they're a really good player. I mean, as you know, this is probably another one for the bingo list. Lily Ag, um, you tick that one off. Um, I really was desperate. And I kept going on about it all summer, didn't I? Saying, oh, God, we've got to buy Lily, we've got to get Lily Ag, got to get Lily Ag. She was at the World Cup with Austri- in Australia. Oh, I I kept tweeting them on my list. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've tried, uh, we're, and then she ends up at Birmingham. And we all thought at that point, well, that's it. You know, they already had a really good... Now they've got Lily Ag, you know. But it hasn't really worked out, has it? You know, and then they... Um, who's the who's the, who's the um, who's the player from Sunderland who was an outstanding young player? Um, uh, who's maybe playing her at right back. At yeah, oh, gold. What's her... I can't remember. Oh, that. man. Heron. Oh. Neve Heron. Neve Heron. Yeah. Yeah, another, so Neve... Another one I was on my shopping list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tick that one off. And, yeah, but we've got this list, haven't we? Yeah, Neve Heron as well. I mean, can you imagine... Can you imagine like bringing in the quality of Neve Heron and Lily Ag on top of a really, really strong squad? I thought they were going to walk the league. I actually said I wouldn't be surprised. This was like two days before the season started. I said I wouldn't be surprised if they go the whole season unbeaten. And they lost their first game two days later. And I looked a right idiot. But um, they are still up there, you know. And what can you say? It's going to be a really tough game. Um, I know we're running out of time. I'm going to give you my prediction. I think it's a game neither side can afford to lose. I'm going to go for 1-1 draw. Um, I think it'll be a real high-quality game, though. I think both teams are really good. Um, I'm, I'm going for a 1-1 draw because I don't think either side can afford to lose it. Um, and I think it'll be, a, 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 you know, I'd love us to win it because I think that, you know, would that would be incredible. If they, and I just can't see them losing three games in a row now after, their, after that run that they've had. I think it'll be a really tight game. So I'm going for 1-1 draw. And she's back. She's going to be back on the score sheet, Husey, with the goal. Yeah, I'm going close as well, but I'm going 2 1 Palace. Oh. V- VBS, baby. <laughs> yeah. The uh, very boggy stadium. Um, yeah, I think it will be, it'll be, t- it'll be a tough game. It'll be close. 
Um, but I think we're now with, with the additions we've made and how we've settled, and we showed what we did at Chelsea as well. I think we're uh, a different prospect to what we were, I say, about a month and month, month and a half ago. Because um, we spent ages and we since the Blackburn away game, we just had that run where the performances were really hit and miss, really Jekyll and Hyde, we were sublime or um, poor, really. You know, and it was in the same game we constantly kept, yeah. and um, it was it was costing us against. Well, when we played Charlton and Southampton at home, you know, I saw Charlton away and Southampton at home. When we were coming up against those the, the tougher teams, it was, it was it was costing us. But I don't, we're not that team now. No, I think, I think we we've we've shown we've shown it the, the last few games. We are um, we're, we're far more solid. Uh, we've got more of a, you know more as, as mad as it sounds in because um, we only goals to score, but more of an attacking presence, uh, more balance and. Um, you know, I say it's incredibly tough, but I'm going two one Palace. Uh, I, I think Husey nets, and I think Sinead scores as well because it's just it's the type of game. Sinead, oh, these are the kind of games where it's tight, and you know, I can see it's going to go down, and then you know, it's, it's a Sinead special turns up and um, and gets this level type thing. You know, um, so yeah, two one Husey and Sinead for us because nothing compares. Yeah, nothing about. I hope. Well, I hope you're right. I really do, and uh, it'll be a massive. I mean, you know, we've only got to play two of. We've got seven games left. Two against the other teams in the top five. One that one after this, we've got five games against teams outside the top five until we play Sunderland on the last day. So, if we can get three points on Sunday, it will set us up. You know, I know we've got to play Sheffield United twice, one week after another, and I don't like that. I don't like playing this because the chances of you winning both. I just, I'm, I, I'm not superstitious or anything, but I just think, I, you know, to play two teams, two games rather against the same team one week after another. Just, I just don't know if it's, I think it's quite rare for a team to win both of those. Really. Well, you know so. what you're getting, don't you? The, the first, if you, if you, that's the thing that you, you, if you set up in a certain way, you're doing certain things. It's a surprise for the first game. Yeah, but in the second game, the team that maybe lost the first time round has more of an idea of what you're going to do the second time round. Yeah, they could nullify your, your the threat. And a it's bit not more. like with the Conte Cup where because we changed the team. Yeah, so that's a variation. This will be you'd imagine the same starting eleven both games. I'd imagine so. Yeah, so I don't like the fact we're playing them two two weeks running. But anyway, you know, if we play, if we play as well as we can, we can beat anyone in that league. It doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, it's just something about that makes me think mm, to win both of those is going to be. But then, yeah, because you know when we played London City, we won one and, and then lost the other one, didn't we? I just got, I've always got that feeling that you're going to not win them both, you know. So um, yeah, but yeah, um, you know what it is for me, it will be bloody Lewis. They'll they'll throw away a lead against every team, and then we'll play them, and they'll hold on. Oh, don't please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that no. god awful band playing. Oh no, theme song oh, to no. Terminator or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's completely, absolutely. Nonsensical. But, uh... <laughs> that could be our last away trip to Lewis for some time, potentially. Could be. Great, about it. It's a great away trip, though. I love going down there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, right. Uh, one last thing, and then we'll call it a day. Uh, yeah. I just want to say congratulations to John. He was the winner of the raffle. Uh, so he, I have sent him. He's got the two tickets. Uh, it's really great because obviously he's up in the northeast. Um, so he he doesn't really get to come to come down much, but he's he's won the prize, so he's got the two free tickets. Uh, so he's managed to get him, black himself onto a coach 
And he's coming down on the Sunday to the game that he otherwise wouldn't have been at. Um, so Very I think nice. that's fantastic that he's, he's got to come down for that. And we will get to present him with his signed shirt uh, in the presentation box. So we'll get to do that, uh, get Stephen to do some photos for us. And I've got the big, the big uh, novelty check has arrived. So I'll have to bring some pens to write on that <laughs> so we can do our photo when we first get there. Uh, and it will show I'll, I'll, when we, I'm saving announcing how much we've raised until uh, releasing. I was going to ask. I was going to ask. Yeah, let's wait and let's wait until the check, the check is presented, shall we? Yeah, good idea. So uh, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, we'll we'll do that um, that photo on Sunday as well. So just want to say a big thank you to everyone who uh, contributed, took part in it. it. These things work because, like we did sure last year, they work because of the. The spirit of everybody um, who uh, are willing to get involved. You know, at times we we, we know it's hard for everybody. Um, so, f- you know, for people to still um, dip into their pockets and, and contribute to a fantastic cause, it's all, all the money, of course, is going to the Magic Cusack Foundation. Um, so just a, a huge thank you to everyone who participated in that. Of course, Sean did the draw for us. Um so, yeah, uh, thanks to Sean as well for doing the draw for us. <laughs> uh, right, Phil, is there anything you want to add? No, I just hope that we get a decent number of people down there on Sunday. Please come down if, you, if, you're, if you're thinking about it. Make sure you come down because we're going to need everybody behind the team. On It's a really, really tough game and it's going to be close and tight and we can make a difference. So just anyone listening to this live or on the replay, please, please, please come down to Sutton, get behind the team. It could it could make the difference in that game and ultimately in our season. So yeah, it's really important. I just thought I wonder if Birmingham bring their silent crew again. Oh yeah, you know, last year they they brought a reasonable amount of fans, all stood in that one little section, which was perfect for them, and then stood silently for ninety minutes. Very bizarre. It was kind of like statues. They didn't even yeah. move. It was ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, really weird. Um, they travel all that way. Just yeah, I don't get it. But hey-ho. Right, so uh, just so I want to say thanks to everybody if you've listened in live on the replay on here or if you listen to us on Spotify. Uh, thank you as always. Um, hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope it's been informative and um, hopefully we'll see as many of you as possible on Sunday. Um, and yeah, just as always, cheers, Phil. Oh, pleasure, Mike. Thanks again. No worries, mate. Come on, you palace. <laughs> Come on, you palace.